Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove. I'm here at the gym's part. Newcastle United have just beaten Southampton 3-1. A game of two halves. The first half in which they were dominant. Could have had more than two goals. Um, a really good, solid display. And a second half where we saw probably the worst display maybe I think we've seen since Jim's Park. Um, we'll see if Chris Woff and Lee Rider agree with me on that in just a moment. But Perez netted a hat-trick. He got the all-important third with four minutes to go. And that wrapped the game up nicely. Castle um, are all but now safe. Not mathematically just yet, but it is coming. Uh, Chris, uh, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, Newcastle safe. I thought they were safe already, but this has confirmed it. They can be mathematically safe tomorrow if Cardiff lose. Um, I don't expect Cardiff to win, so if they draw, then they can still only get level with Newcastle and the goal difference isn't going to shift. So this is an important day in that regard. Another milestone. I think Benitez, the press conference you just heard him give, he thinks they're safe now as well. He's, I always thought once they got out of a position um, of where there was any chance that they could go down, he would suddenly ramp up the rhetoric as he tends to do around their transfers but this time over his future and he's dropped a couple of uh, of bombshells that suggest when he's talking about uh, players being the age of 24 and uh, not being the age of 24 being older and the, the need for balance so um but in terms of the game itself I was at Paris first half certainly was excellent first goal took so well great tackle from Isaac Hayden and then he, he held off two defenders and a lovely sort of chop finish across the goal to put Newcastle ahead Second one, good finish at the back post, brilliant ball from Rondon. And second half was frustrating for him and Newcastle, and Newcastle didn't get going, so that one changed formation, changed from three at the back to 4-3-3. They got back in the game, Lamina scored, and he thought that Perez, he didn't really have a kick for most of the second half, but then Matt Ritchie gets that header, and, and Perez, on the end of it, gets the header and, and scores. First hat-trick for Newcastle, thoroughly deserved. The last six to eight weeks, he's been phenomenal. I think that's partly down to Almiron's impact since he's come in. And just really, I think Newcastle were good for the victory, even though they struggled partway through the second half. And really, just the feel-good factor was there on Tyneside. In the first 45 minutes, there's a really good atmosphere, and Newcastle were on top. We'll talk about the red card. Should Ward-Prowse have been sent off for... Um, blocking Almiron I mean we'll just describe for those who had not seen it Almiron is on the counter it's a corner ball it's clear he's on the counter um, and it's Ward-Prowse who kind of uh, from where I was sitting he looked like he, you know what he does he blocks him off but it looked like a bit, a bit more of an intent in it sends Almiron flying Rondon's to the left if Almiron gets the ball through to Rondon he's, he's one-on-one with the keeper it was on the, uh, the halfway line so a long way to go but still many people saying that should have been a red card yeah, I think I'm going to be in the minority here and I can think that I'm going to probably receive a fair amount of uh, criticism on social media for this, but I personally don't think it was a red card. I can see why some people may argue it was, but it was in Newcastle's half. Yes, it was two-on-one essentially, but realistically I actually think if Almiron looks back and maybe Benitez will tell him this, if he just passes it through to Rondon to begin with, the situation never arises. Don't get me wrong, it's cynical, it's a foul, he stopped in theory a goal scoring situation but the 60-70 yards away from goal you just don't know he's flicked the ball further ahead I think, I, I, think to, I think to have sent him off would have been a huge decision I'd I just, I personally think it was probably a very strong yellow card I just don't think it's quite a red So at which point on the pitch does that become a red card then? I think if he probably another even if it's just 20 yards further forward but I just think that there's so much that could happen in the even if Almiron is clean through on goal in theory he's out wide on the right he's got to cover 70 yards to get towards the goal look I'm in the minority I think just about everyone else in the ground thinks it was a red card I just about think it was a yellow as I say I think Almiron should have given it to Rondon to begin with uh, 
that's not to say anything away from the fact it was a cynical foul. Uh, as I say, I'm probably battling losing an argument against the majority of Newcastle fans, but I just thought it was it was a. Well, as, as a look would have it, Lee Red has just strolled in there, and we're going to ask him the same question: Should Ward Prowse have been sent off? Well, it was probably an orange card, wasn't yeah. it? Really, if you could sin bin someone for something like that, that's that's where it would go. Um, look, I think the referee, in a way, bottled it because he put himself in that position where he was, wasn't quite sure of things and I think he probably needed to take a minute he probably needed to go over his fourth official and just get his head together and then make a more uh, clear decision, I don't think he did make a clear decision because for me you know, he was last man, was it a goal scoring opportunity the pace Almiron's got um, 67 yards from goal could have soon become 30 yards from goal uh, with only the goalkeeper a bit so yeah he got it wrong but thankfully they got the points and uh, Everything's okay. Definitely. And I mean a word for Matt Ritchie, obviously this week has seen a few stories come out that he you know, his time on Tyneside could be soon coming to an end. Obviously, you know, we understand that isn't the case. Today showed why really he needs to stay on new stay on Tyneside and why in many ways a, a kind of a team could be built around him in many ways because he just emphasises what Rafa Benitez wants in a player, what Rafa Benitez wants in a team, that's work rate, never sit die attitude and also the quality. Yeah, and I mean this season he's if you had to name your top three players this season, Matt Ritchie might well end up in a lot of people's choices. Uh, I'm not sure he's quite player of the season, but he, he's up there because, as you say, he character has the character um, and he he's the epitome of what Newcastle fans are, are looking for. So, um, realistically, um, he won't get player of the season. But, as you say, he plays for the Bards, he plays for the fans, um, he looks really upset when Newcastle lose, and that's what supporters want to see. It is indeed. And um, just back to Almiron, there was a there was a chance when he was uh, urged to shoot by the crowd, and he did so. And Rafa Benitez turned around, and he was absolutely fuming. And again, at the at the, at the final whistle, Benitez is talking. I think to Paul Dummett, he's saying he should have done this, should have done that. And even when Newcastle win three one, even when Almiron was, I think you've, you've written that he's had his best game since his debut today. Benitez is always looking for more. He's always looking to kind of push on and progress. Yeah, I think it's the first 45 minutes. It was it was the best we've seen from Almiron since his home debut against Huddersfield. But he, he looks like he needs to go. I mean, we may not see him, unfortunately, again the rest of the season if, if his hamstring injury is bad. I mean, there's only three games left, so he's probably going to struggle to get back in that time. But... Uh, Benitez, this is what he wants. This is, it, it's almost if you it's took into account we had obviously the big controversy this week about the training ground and whether Newcastle United will invest in it. Again, it's it, it's about not settling for just where Newcastle are. It's about trying to push on in every area. He has it, he does it with players. He wants them to get better. He wants them to keep improving. Uh, even a three-one win for him at home to Southampton isn't good enough. He wants better. He knows his areas that can improve. Second half they struggled. He looks at the training ground as a similar sort of thing. Yes, it's not bad, it's not affecting performance negatively, but could they have a training ground where it can positively influence uh, Newcastle United going forward? I think they could. This is every area he's looking for improvement, and that's just the type of manager that he is. Definitely. Um, word on Rondon, you know, again, didn't get on the score sheet, but again, he just proves that the all-round kind of team player he is. He put the cross through for Iowa's press. It was, it was superb, the cross, you know, strong going down the wing, and to pick out Perez with that cross, it really was a, an excellent cross, and again, he, he puts in another top performance today. Yeah, well, it reminded me of Scott Sellers back in the day, uh, setting up Andy Cole for, for a hat-trick against uh, Liverpool, so it was, yeah, it was a, it's a beautiful pass. Um, he, you know, 
he's not just about goals, is he? He's got a threat up there as well, but he can also you know bring others into play. It was the right thing to do. Um, thankfully, you know the shaky part of the second half, you know, came and went, and then obviously Newcastle finished the game off with Perez getting a hat trick. But there were there were so many uh, different heroes out there today for Newcastle. Um, Perez was up there as as one of them, but a lot of candidates for man the match. Paul Dummett as well had another really good game as the third centre-back, winning nearly every ball that was put up to him. Um, for someone who's obviously been injured this season, he's come back in, he's seen that he's not first choice, as many people would have had him down for in a, in a four-man uh, defence, but he's come back in when he's been called upon. And again, he's shown he's missed the dependable. Another good performance from him today. Yeah, I think people can pretty much retire now the fact that he's, he's not up to it I mean that it was a few years ago now when people were questioning his ability can he do on the big stage I think he just he's just a simple no-nonsense player who goes out and does his best um, he knows he's not um, world class but you know he's certainly capable in, in the Premier League he does a job as you say you know when when Newcastle were down in this game and Southampton were coming back into it you know, Dummett was rising, he was winning headers, he was getting blocks in. He was the one who was standing tall, really. And, you know, Newcastle probably lucky to have him in some ways. But, look, as I say, it was a team performance all round the day and uh, there were so many heroes out there. Now, um, Modi Army comes on in the second half. Obviously, his contract issue is, is a talking point. He comes on for Isaac Hayden, whose future, his future is another talking point. Hayden had an, another brilliant game, winning every ball. Again, showing um, what, a, what a loss he will be to Newcastle United. Modi Army coming on. Many people maybe have said, well, should we not go and try and get a third, get Shelby on the pitch? But Modi Army comes on, Newcastle get the third. Um, right decision by Benitez? Well, the fact that I won the game, I think that he can he can be justified in that regard. Shelby, two games in a row now, hasn't even looked like getting on. Benitez hasn't turned to him. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the final three games of the season, though, now, because Hayden went off with an injury. I don't know how serious it is yet, but say if he was to miss out in the next couple of weeks, does he turn to Shelby, who can't get in the team, or does he turn to Modiame, who we have the interesting contract situation where if he starts two of the final three games it'll automatically trigger one year extension which we're not necessarily sure he wants he wants a two year deal or maybe to leave so the politics on and off the field are probably going to come into play over the next couple of weeks in terms of what happens in midfield if, if Hayden's injured he'd be a big miss and at the moment the, the form that he's in he's going to be a big miss even so when he it looks like he's going to leave this summer. He certainly wants to for, for personal reasons, which are understandable. But Newcastle are going to have big decisions to make in that regard, A, in the next couple of weeks selection-wise, but B, in the summer in terms of recruitment because they could lose three midfielders there. Most certainly. And it, I mean, that is going to be the interesting point is that, you know, Benton Benitez could just have key and uh, Longstaff to start in the summer. I mean, if Benitez himself is, is here. Well, there's so much up in the air, isn't there? I mean, Rafa's... Co- um press conference the, the contract situation is very interesting there when he said until June the 30th uh, he's the one who makes the calls on signings so basically he's saying that he's prepared to sit there till June the 30th which would mean Newcastle can't bring anybody in unless he says so so I just think that there's so much needs to be sorted out it's starting to get a bit messy um, the Diarmi situation needs to be sorted out uh, you look at Hayden is going to go anyway, I would say. Shelby's probably definitely going to be going by the by the look of it. Um, you, I mean, you never know, but didn't didn't even get a minute on the pitch today, which is you know stands at what was said beforehand. And 
after that, as you say, you're left with Longstaff and Key potentially. So, so much needs to be sorted out. They need to bring players in. Um, but realistically, the starting point is getting Rafa's contract sorted. Atsu again had a little cameo come on for Almiron again, full of running, showed that he's probably the most capable man coming off the bench. Yeah, um, they, they got him on the ball. I think he needs a run of starts, really. He, it's been a disappointing season from his point of view. I remember talking to him in Portugal and he said this was going to be the year that he was going to you know, break his own goals record and get loads of assists. Hasn't really happened for him. Um, he's still going to be around next season. So Newcastle, you know, they've got to bring in players in other areas, but Atsu's definitely a player that can um, they can rely on going forward. Well, certainly then. So on to the fans that were vocal. I mean, after the third goal went in... Um, you know, it was allowed St James Park being all day and it was absolutely brilliant. And it was a clear message, wasn't it, to Lee Charnley and whoever else is watching, you know, we're backing Rafa Benitez. And, I mean, we always ask this question, will Mike actually care? Will Lee Charnley understand? Do, do, do they care about what the fans think? But it gives an insight into how connected and passionate they feel about Benitez. And surely they've got to look at it and think, if we don't get this man signed, then are half of them going to come back next year? Yeah, that will be certainly something they've got to consider, whether Mike Ashley cares. That is the, the million-dollar question, and I don't have the answer to that, I'm afraid. We, we we don't get to speak to him, he doesn't want to speak, so only he can answer that question. Lee Charney was here today, he was the only member of the, the hierarchy. I think I didn't see any of the rest of them anyway. Um, I mean, fans made it clear from early on, they, they sang Rafa Benitez's name, they said they wanted him to stay, they said stand up if if you uh, love Rafa, there was all that and, and he waved at it a couple of times and that'll have meant a lot to him but I think the difference between now and three years ago when Newcastle relegated, Benitez then allowed his heart to root his head, he's not going to do that now, he's been here for three years, he knows how this club works uh, he, he wants definitive answers so the fans can, can play their part and they're certainly trying to but now it is over to the powers that be because they are the ones who are, can, they're the only ones who can convince him to stay now there was a real smile on Benitez's face at the end which isn't something we've always seen especially in the past few weeks but I mean he was trying I think he had to stop himself from actually like grinning like a Cheshire cat yeah well I think he knows that the, the, all the cards are with him now he, he holds the best cards he, Newcastle have got 41 points with three games remaining they hadn't won any of the first 10 the position they're in to be saved by this stage is, is, is remarkable really I thought it was going to be a scrap all the way through the end he did to be fair I mean, he said a few times that Fulham game could be important thankfully it isn't going to be now in that regard for Newcastle now. and as I said before I think now he's he knows he can ramp up the rhetoric he knows now he's got three pre-match press conferences and three post-match press conferences if he needs them to get a little messages out there he's, he's dropped a couple already now and I think that we'll have a few by next Friday if he hasn't seen the progress he wants behind the scenes just finally, Iosi Prez, uh, your match ratings a 10. I mean, just round off, kind of just sum up his performance today. I mean, he was he was there when he needed to be there, wasn't he? I got the, But he, it wasn't just his goals. He was like chasing lost causes, getting blocks in, working really hard. And, you know, the, I think the hat was just richly deserved. He's, he's becoming a more intelligent striker um, every time. Um, just talking to him there in the mix zone, he was talking about how you know, the number nine shirt in in his earlier career was something he loved wearing. So whether that was a hint of, to wanting to wear it here in the future, I don't know. There was a lot of talk of him going to Spain. In there, in the mix on there, he's just said that, you know, if there was a chance to stay here, it's an amazing place. So good positive vibes coming out of him. Uh, 
was, I mean, you talk about a Cheshire cat there, he was walking out the ground there, laughing his head off with a match ball. Must be a great feeling for him. He's now ninth in the all-time top scorer, Premier League chart for Newcastle, which is brilliant. So, a great day for Perez and he deserves a 10 out of 10. And just in a sentence each then, how are we feeling about Rafa Benitez's future? 50-50 for me. Uh, nervous, but also optimistic. That's a typical Chris Waft sitting on the fence there. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep up to date with all the latest in the cast night news, including all the reaction from tonight's game and a few uh, interesting stories in the morning. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>